the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, we shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah Radio Broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Let's begin with prayer. Avinu Malkinu, you are our Father and our King. And so we worship you and praise you and bless you and thank you, Lord, that you rule in our lives. We thank you, Lord, that you are greater than anything else or anybody else that we will deal with. And so we are servants of yours. We are worshipers of yours. And we're going to sing your praise. And during this time of the High Holy Days, these appointed times that you have given us in Scripture, we just double our efforts to make you first in our lives. So we thank you and praise you and bless you. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Well, uh, this past week we celebrated Rosh Hashanah, and this next week we, on Friday night, and on Saturday we're going to celebrate Yom Kippur. Friday night is uh, the same time as we're always there, 7.30, and Saturday begins at 11 in the morning and uh, goes all through the day. We end probably around 8.30, 9 o'clock after we eat after a day of fasting. This is also a great time for one of our rabbis to come to visit your church and speak on how these appointed times are important to Christians. So email me, and we'll set it up, or call uh, either way. You can re- email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. You can still come to one of our appointed time services and bring a Jewish friend, especially If they don't know Yeshua as their Messiah, uh, as I said, bring them Friday night to Yom Kippur. It's called the Kol Nidre service. It describes a beautiful chant, which means all vows. 
We can still email you our Holy Day calendar. So either email me or call Karen at 813-831-5673. So we, we gave a little overview uh, last week. This week we'll get a little more specific. Rosh Hashanah is the head of the year uh, traditionally, but biblically the holy day is called Yom Teruah, the day of the sounding or the day of the shofar. It has other names as well. It's called Yom HaZikaron, which is the Day of Remembrance, and Yom HaDin, Day of Judgment, and Chag Sameach, Joyous Festival. And greetings, uh, we, we greet by saying Chag Sameach, or we greet by saying Lashana Tova, m- meaning have a good year, or we just say Gudyontiv, which is Yiddish, um, and that means... Good holiday. Now, after Rosh Hashanah, there's a 10-day period for introspection, which is called Yamin Noraim, which is the days of awe or the days of repentance. And these are the 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur where we seriously look at ourselves and consider the sins of the previous year and repent before Yom Kippur. This is a view, um, there, there is a view, I'm sorry, uh, by the rabbis in the Talmud, so that would make a tradition, that the days of Rosh Hashanah coincide with the sixth day of creation, when humanity was created. So, according to this view, Rosh Hashanah becomes the birthday of all peoples, and of course, one celebrates uh, a birthday, don't we? <laughs> so uh, we are still celebrating, but that's tradition. Let's look at scripture. Leviticus twenty three twenty three. Adonai spoke to Moses saying, Speak to B'nai Yisrael, saying, In the seventh month of the first day of the month, you are to have a Shabbat rest, a memorial of blowing. Uh, Shafarot is the blowing of the shofar. Uh, a holy convocation. You are to do no regular work, and you are to present an offering made by fire to Adonai. So the summary of that is, number one, rest, no regular work. Two, a memorial of blowing the shofar. Three, go to services, a holy convocation. And four, an offering by fire, which I believe will have to be at this point a fire in my spirit. Amen. There are five themes at Rosh Hashanah. The first one is Malchiot, which means kingship. God is king over our lives. He is He is our king. He is our father. So we depend on him. We serve him. We worship him. And that is the key uh, theme. But there are others, certainly blowing the shofar. And that's why we say it's Yom Teruah, the day of the blowing, day of the shofar. And here's some practical reasons why we blow the shofar. Number one, to proclaim a holy assembly before God. Also to call the people to repentance or to call the people to war, both physical and spiritual. Number four, to call the people to prayer. Five, to awake us from spiritual slumber. Six, to make a covenant with God. Seven, to proclaim liberty, freedom. 
It was at Mount Sinai where Israel received the law and our covenant was sealed with the sound of the shofar. God told Israel at Mount Sinai in Exodus 19.13, when the ram's horn sounds with a long blast, Israel shall come up to the mountain. That is what we need with the Lord, right? A mountaintop experience. It was on that seventh day that Israel marched around Jericho, and on the seventh time around, they blew their shofars, shouted, uh, and the walls came tumbling down. And we need to see that in our lives too. Don't we need to see our walls come tumbling down? In Joel 2.1, blow the shofar in Zion, sound an alarm on my holy mountain. Let all living in the land tremble for the day of Adonai is coming. Surely it is near. And we also see um, that in uh, Numbers 10.8, it says the sons of Aaron, the priests, the Kohanim, will blow the trumpets. This is to be an internal ordinance for you as well as for your generations to come. Whenever you go to war in your own land against the enemy who is hostile to you, you are to sound short blasts of alarm. Then you will be remembered before Adonai your God and be delivered from your enemies. Also, at your days of rejoicing, feasts, and new moons, you're to blow on the trumpets over your burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. They will then be a reminder for you before Adonai your God, I am Adonai your God. Then look, the greatest shofar blast is yet to come, Matthew 24:30. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the land will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. He will send out his angels with a great shofar, and they will gather together his chosen from the four winds, from the one end of heaven to the other. And we see it also said in 1 Thessalonians 4.16, For the Lord himself shall come down from heaven with a command, shouting with the voice of the archangel and with the blast of God's shofar, and the dead in Messiah shall rise. And then it says in verse 18, Therefore encourage one another with these words. Well, the third uh, theme of Rosh Hashanah is believing God for a sweet new year. Now, you have to understand that biblically, uh, Rosh Hashanah is not the new year, but it was uh, made that way by the rabbis uh, because they saw that these three important holy days were in this month. So they kind of changed the calendar because, you know, the biblical calendar starts just before Passover. Well, any rate, so that tradition leads to this tradition, which is apples and honey, believing God for a sweet new year. And so uh, that's what's eaten, and, and that's a tradition, and it's one of the themes now of Rosh Hashanah. For um, the fourth theme is recognizing our sin and repenting. This goes through the 10 days, but it starts in Rosh Hashanah. And we even have something uh, that's after our service called tashlich. Tashlich means to take breadcrumbs and go to an area of water and throw them in, representing you getting rid of your sins. And so we've done that uh, at our synagogue. But 
It's based on Micah 7.19. He will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. So even though that is a tradition, it's still a tradition based on Scripture. And certainly uh, repenting and recognizing our sin is scriptural, especially, I believe, at these times in the fall holy feasts. The fifth theme is the Book of Life. On Rosh Hashanah, uh, we relate to God as the ultimate judge. And the Book of Life is a tradition, again, based on Scripture. It's opened on Rosh Hashanah traditionally, and if uh, if your good is outweighed your bad, then uh, Jewish people believe that your name is written in the Book of Life. Now, some of the scriptures about Book of Life, we see the one in Psalm 69, 28-30, which says, Add guilt to their guilt. May they not come into your righteousness. May they be wiped out of the Book of Life and not be recorded with the righteous. But I, I am afflicted and in pain. Let your salvation, O God, set me up on high. So uh, we also see uh, other scriptures in the Hebrew Hebrew Bible uh, having to do with this book of life, but just mention a book. So in Daniel 12, 1, at that time, Michael, the great prince who stands guard over the sons of your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress such as, never occurred since the beginning of the nation until then. But at that time, your people, everyone who is found written in the book, will be delivered. And even God started this conversation of the book in Exodus 32:33, when he says to Moses, whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. I think that's pretty clear, right? <laughs> But in Revelation, we see some help in terms of how to deal uh, with this. First, in 2015, uh, it says, If anyone was not found written in the book of life, he's thrown into the lake of fire. And so we believe that the book of life is the set of names of those who will be will live with God forever in heaven because they've received Yeshua as their Messiah, right? In Revelations 3, 5, it says, The one who overcomes thus will be dressed in white clothes. I will never blot his name out of the book of life and and will confess his name before my Father and his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit or the Ruach is saying to Messiah's communities. So we see here that Yeshua will intercede for us uh, because our name is written in the book of life. Amen? So then we go from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is also in Leviticus. Uh, It's verses 23. We'll look at that in a second. But let me describe a few things. It's the 10th of Tishri or the 10th day of the month. Uh, obviously, the first day is Rosh Hashanah. So this is considered the holiest day in the Jewish calendar, and it is spent fasting. It's also with prayer and confession. 
So Yom Kippur is probably the most important holy day of the Jewish calendar. Many Jews who do not observe any other Jewish customs will refrain from work and fast on this day. They'll also attend synagogue services. Yom Kippur occurs, as I said, on the 10th, which will begin this Friday night and continue all day Saturday. Please come and visit us, as I mentioned. The name Yom Kippur means Day of Atonement, and that's really what it is. It is a day set aside uh, where we will receive atonement for the sins of the past year. In Scripture, it says to afflict your souls. So that's what we do. We fast, right? Jewish people believe that God inscribes all of our names then in the book of life. On Yom Kippur, the judgment entered in these books is sealed. This day is essentially your last appeal, your last chance to change the judgment, to demonstrate your repentance and make amends. So that's the understanding in Judaism, but certainly not our understanding, because any time we come to Yeshua, we will receive atonement. Amen? But as a generalization, Jewish people are so close and yet so far away. They believe that in the 10 days of awe, God inscribes all our names. And on Yom Kippur, the, you know, the judgment entered into his books are sealed. So, uh, we, this makes them so close and yet so frustrating for them not to see their Messiah, who is their final atonement, the Lamb of God, right? In Leviticus 23, we read about uh, Yom Kippur. It says in verse 23, uh, chapter 23, verse 26, Adonai spoke to Moses saying, However, the tenth day of this seventh month is Yom Kippur, a holy convocation to you. So you are to afflict yourselves. You are to bring an offering made by fire to Adonai. You're not to do any kind of work on that set day, for it is Yom Kippur to make atonement for you before Adonai your God. For anyone who does not deny himself on that day must be cut off from his people. Anyone who does any kind of work on that day, that person I will destroy from among his people. You should do no kind of work. It's a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. It is to be a Sabbath or a Shabbat of solemn rest for you. And you are to humble your souls on the ninth day of the month in the evening, from evening until evening, you are to keep your Shabbat. So in general, this is the uh, summary of what I just read. Number one, attend services, have a holy convocation. Number two, an offering by fire, which again, I believe is in our heart. We are uh, giving our heart to the Lord uh, and and just have a fire in our belly for him. Number three, deny ourselves or afflict our soul. And so that's interpreted as fasting and humbling ourselves. Number four, do it forever on the seventh month, the tenth day. Number five, no work. You or anybody uh, around you. This is a serious day. Yom Kippur is about learning how to receive God's love. God reveals to you and I that we have sinned, and God asks us to uh, spend a day of humbling and afflicting, and, and God then provides 
forgiveness. Yes, Yeshua, the high priest, did all the work. So it is safe now to come into his presence and into his love. So what a beautiful picture of the high priest interceding for us on Yom Kippur and uh, giving us the atonement because we believe in him. It is so sad to me that my Jewish people don't see it. They treat Yom Kippur as a solemn day. Most Jews follow the traditions. However, understanding of Yom Kippur prophetically is not in their thoughts. Because, look, if they would just read Leviticus 16, it's a description of Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Listen closely as you find out there is a need for a high priest. And Jewish people always say, I don't have a need for anybody else to come to God. But that's not what it says. In verse 16, so he shall make atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel, he meaning the high priest, and because of their transgressions for all their sins. And so he shall do the tabernacle of meeting, which remains among them in the midst of their uncleanness. There shall be no man in the tabernacle of meeting when he goes in, meaning the high priest goes in, to make atonement in the holy place until he comes out. And he makes atonement for himself, for his household, and for all the assembly of Israel. You see, the high priest makes atonement. No one is there with him. Your sins were atoned because of what the high priest had done. And we know our high priest is Yeshua. And look, his blood, we see this in Leviticus 17.11, the life of the flesh is in the blood. I've given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood by reason of life that makes atonement. And we see that the foundation of Yeshua's atoning work is Yom Kippur. So the summary of the heart of Scripture about this appointment with God is found in Hebrews 9, verse 11. But when Messiah appeared as Kohen Kohen Gadol, or the high priest, of good things that have now come, passing through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is not to say not of this creation, he entered into the holy of holies once for all, not by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer and sprinkling who has been defiled sanctify for cleansing of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Messiah, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? For this reason, he is the mediator, meaning Yeshua, of a new covenant in order that those called may receive the promise eternal inheritance since a death has taken a place that redeems them from violations under the first covenant for where there is a covenant the death of the one who made it must be established for a covenant is secured upon the basis of dead bodies since it has no strength as long as the one who made it lives That is why not even the first covenant was inaugurated with blood. Okay, so we see here all about Yeshua. Read it for yourself. Hebrews 9, it's fantastic. Listen, uh, we've got to go. Let me just mention that next week we will continue 
uh, we will finish up Yom Kippur. We'll speak about Sukkot, which is the final uh, one uh, holy day of these three feasts. Uh, if you want a rabbi to come and to your church and speak on these appointed times, please email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org or call Karen. Look, you can still come to our services or you can get a, a high holy day calendar. Please call Karen. Consider giving us a special gift to stay on the air. Again, call Karen, 813-831-5673. During these appointed times, it is a great time to seek to grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Let's pray. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.